Before we get started, we, we want to just thank anyone who has served in uh, any uh, branch of military. So would you do this? If you're a veteran, you've served or are currently serving, would you stand? We want to just acknowledge and thank you for your service. We're, just stand where you are. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so, so much, men and women who served. Um, we know this, that we, we are a free people, right? We live in a free country, but we know that freedom is not free and it costs sacrifice. And, uh, and you have been uh, people who have said, we'll take that on and, and we'll, um, we will do our part to serve and sacrifice for, uh, for our country. So we thank you and... and um, Hopefully you had a great Veterans Day and, uh, and, um, and, and, uh, and are now having a good Sunday. And so we're glad you're here. We're, uh, we're starting a new series, but before we do, there's uh, two quick announcements. First is if you are interested in our Honduras uh, mission trip, which is gonna be coming up in the spring, there's an info meeting today. So if you, uh, if you want to just even just find out more, you can do that today after the next service. So you go home or go, you know, go home, get breakfast and, or maybe at that point lunch and then come back and, uh, and at noon-ish, uh, right after the next service, uh, we'll have that meeting in the coffee house. And then for men, um, if, you, if you are a guy for the men's ministry, tonight is a big deal. If you know about tonight, Good. Hopefully, you know, uh, tonight we go bowling and we have the bowling, uh, uh, the uh, lava lanes, the 300 club rented out. And so you can sign up. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you can scan the QR code on the seat in front of you and, and that'll bring you to the website. And then you can sign up and show up and then uh, get ready to bowl your little heart out. Uh, or gutter your little heart out. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. And so that's tonight. So be aware of that. Um, we... Uh, Today, today acts as we start a new series called Holy Spirit, in which we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We, uh, we, in our last series, ology, we, we skipped over pneumatology, which is the study of the Holy Spirit, because we've said we want to devote more, more time to specifically this area of, uh, of our faith and this person of the Trinity. And so uh, this morning, we're, we're starting this three-week series on the Holy Spirit, and it, and it acts... This morning acts almost as, um, as an introduction to the Holy Spirit, a primer um, with a little bit of history thrown in um, and, and just for fun, some heresy, all right? So that's gonna just be aware for but looking for that because uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is an area that, that has invited a lot of, uh, of um, uh, we would say, heretical theology about specifically the Holy Spirit. And, and um, so I wanna start by asking this. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? How, how much do you know about him and, and, and what he's like and what he does, his role in your life, his role in the church's life, his role in scripture? What do you know about the Holy Spirit? And that's kind of an unfair question because like you're not gonna be able to answer within a, like five to 10 seconds. Oh, well, I know this, but I want you to be thinking about how, like, what, what level of involvement have you had in interacting with the Holy Spirit? Because I'm gonna guess, and this is true of probably most churches, the Holy Spirit is easily, easily the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. 
So when we talk about the Trinity, we talk about the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and of those three, like God the Father, yeah, we talk about God all the time. Jesus the Son, oh yeah, I mean, we, we talk about Jesus every Sunday. The Holy Spirit, uh, I, well, I don't know. And in fact, in a, in a lot of churches, probably in most churches, what they would say, the Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. And we would just skip over the spirit because uh, it's just maybe confusing or it's, it's, uh, it can be uh, hard to understand maybe. And, and, and honestly, the Holy Spirit is, is often rarely mentioned in churches or in pulpits. And, and it's just sort of like a, a thing that's there, but we don't really talk about it. I want you to think back of uh, just over your experience of church and how many, how many uh, hundreds of sermons maybe you've listened to, how many have been about the Holy Spirit? How many sermons have you heard about the Holy Spirit? You could count, uh, and you could try to count how many sermons you've heard about God, how many sermons you've heard about Jesus. And you're like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, I hear all the time. Holy Spirit, uh, probably, uh, probably on one hand I can count. The number, right? So the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, um, is, uh, is easily the most misunderstood. And, and so today we begin our, our study in pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. And, and I wanna start by, by saying this, that, that we probably fit in a number of different areas. And, and some of us, maybe, we just aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. Like we just aren't aware that, that there is a Holy Spirit or that he has some sort of role, not just like in the Bible, but like in my life today, right now, he has a role in my life. But maybe we just aren't aware of it. Some, some we see this, that Jesus, uh, Jesus and, and then in the book of Acts, they confront the religious leaders because they just resist the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter seven, I believe, they're criticizing the religious leaders. And they say, you always do this. You always resist the Holy Spirit. It was a critique of, of religious people, even in the first century, that they just reject or resist or don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Some people think that the Holy Spirit stuff, all the, like, like, like when you think of the Holy Spirit, like all that stuff, it's just strange. It's just strange. So we just avoid it. I don't, I don't wanna think about it. I don't wanna talk about it. I don't wanna be associated with maybe certain people who, who, like, who, who really lean heavy into Holy Spirit and, and it's, just, they, it's just really weird stuff. Like, I don't wanna do that. And then honestly, many, not just some, many just simply neglect the Holy Spirit. It's not that you're, you have a strong opinion against him or you resist him or, or that you are somehow like uh, aren't aware of him. It's just, it's just really, it's just not a part of our faith or our life or how we do things. And so we just don't really talk about him. I, I've, I've, been, I've been asked a number of times uh, here even, hey, so pastor, can we, can we pray to the Holy Spirit? Is that allowed? And, and, and at the surface, that's like a, oh, well, yeah, that, of course, he's God, so of course. But it also, it, it, it brings to light the fact that, oh, we just don't really know enough about him. So this series, we're gonna be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we're gonna be talking about um, who he is and, and how we've come to understand him over the years. And we're gonna look at church history. We're gonna look, it's great. If you are a history person and you love just thinking at like back how, like, like 
the history of our faith or even the history of, uh, of heresies, you're gonna love this morning. We're gonna look at creeds. We're gonna look at false theology and, and all of it because it, it's all in this world, this realm of, of the Holy Spirit. So we, we're gonna start by saying this. Wherever you are in your understanding of the Holy Spirit, God wants you, listen, God wants you to be present this series to have a better understanding of him, of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to, not just to check out or to think, oh, I'm just here at church. We got to church. We, we, find, we made it. We dropped the kids off. We got our coffee. Okay, now I can just relax. No, 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 listen. I, I, I want you to relax, of course, right? We have chairs so you can relax. Relax. But I want you to really pay attention and think through and even be praying as you're sitting there. All right, Lord. Show me more about the Holy Spirit. Reveal to me what, I'm, what I, maybe I'm lacking or, or where areas that I need better understanding in, in the Holy Spirit and, 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 and increase my experience of you, Holy Spirit. So wherever you are, wherever you're understanding, whatever a category you, fit, you would maybe put yourself in with regard to your interaction with the Holy Spirit, today I want us to, to, to seriously uh, think about where, where, we, uh, where we are missing or lacking in our understanding and, and to really hone in in this series. Now we can talk um, about the, we, we talk a lot here about the Bible. We do a lot of different series. We do, uh, you know, we look at books of the Bible. We look at topics. We, we go, uh, we're, we're, we're like looking at like the whole counsel of God. Like we wanna, we wanna look at all of this, right? And we can't do it in every single Sunday, but but over the course of time, like we look at a lot of stuff, but I really truly believe that this series that we're talking about the Holy Spirit is the one that has the potential to change your Christian walk. And it's not just about like, give me more information. Like I wanna walk away saying, I know more. It's no, no, this is gonna change how I relate to God. All right. So the first thing we're gonna see right out the gate. And, and, and if you can't, if you can't agree with this statement, then you're stuck. Then this is it. Then, then you're, you're as far as you can go with regard to the Holy Spirit. Here it is. Ready? The Holy Spirit is fully God and worthy of our worship. If, if you can't agree, if that, if that a statement is, you just say, ah, I don't know, I'm not so sure, then you're stuck. Then there's, there's only so far you can go in your experience of the Holy Spirit if you misunderstand who he is. The Holy Spirit is fully God, not just like part God or like, you know, like, like, like there's like real God and then like his son. And then there's like, uh, he's God, but like, we don't really, he's like the lesser. He's like, he's like over in the corner kind of God. The Holy Spirit is fully God and worthy of my worship. He's one person of what we call the Trinity or the Godhead where that God exists in three persons. And, and, Maybe you've studied theology and you've studied specifically uh, the Trinity or you looked at it or at least you have a good understanding about it. But listen, the, the, the theology, the, do, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, it took 400 years to fully develop. So we stand on the shoulders of, of people in the past and, and wonderful theologians and guys who, who literally fought and, and died for their faith 
in particular, the, like fighting against heresies, like they, they died believing the truth and fighting for the truth. And we stand on their shoulders and we just take it for granted. But these guys gave everything, especially and specifically to fight heresies in this era. So what we see is the Holy Spirit is fully God and fully, uh, and, and, uh, fully worthy of our worship. And, and that this took about 400 years to develop. So one of the earliest creeds we have is called the Apostles' Creed. We're gonna go through history now and go look back at, 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 uh, at the, the, uh, the faith of yesteryear. And uh, the Apostles' Creed came about around second or third century. Uh, we don't, they didn't like write a date on it. We have it, but it wasn't like, like today, like, like today you go to school and like if you don't have your name and date, it's not a real document. They didn't have that same standard back then. So they don't have a date on it. Um, but we have this. This is the Apostles' Creed. This is, uh, you've probably maybe seen this before. Maybe you've even uh, uh, recited it in church. Um, there's a lot of churches that will read this every week. And here it is. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. All right, amen. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. Okay, so that's the first half. And, and th- we have songs about this. You probably hear that and you're like, oh, I, I, there's a song that has the, well, that's kind of crazy. They copied the song. No, 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 the song, the song copied this, right? Um, so here's, here's the next, here's the second half of it. It's really short. On the third day, he rose again. He descended into heaven or he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. So there's a lot about, the whole, about, uh, about uh, Jesus Christ, right? About the son. And then it says this, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Notice the lowercase c, not the Roman Catholic Church. Catholic means universal. So I believe in the universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, amen. And this became sort of the standard. All right, if you are a Christian, and you believe in biblical, you have biblical faith, then you would agree to this. Like this is the standard, like this is the kind of the bare minimum. There's all kinds of other theologies we can debate about, but like this is it. Like if you don't believe in this, then, then we have a problem. So this, this began sort of this idea of having a standard of faith, a statement of faith. Now ch- every church has a statement of faith, but this was sort of the beginning of that, that process. So the Apostles' Creed starts, and, and um, you can imagine that, uh, that the Apostles' Creed shows up and that there are other people who believe this, but start speaking that aren't yet heresy, but are new ways of thinking about some of these things and specifically about Jesus and, and having new ways of defining who he is that they say, I agree with everything in the Apostles' Creed, but, but there's some other things here. In fact, I don't believe that Jesus was fully God or that he was just temporarily God while he was on earth and, and, or that he wasn't God at all, he was created. And you could still agree to all that. So this, you can imagine all of a sudden some heresy started popping up. Some things that, that, that weren't true, that, that people were like, oh, hold on, that doesn't seem right, yet, yet it fits within the Apostles' Creed. And so we gotta talk about this. We gotta, we gotta do some more homework here. So some, some of the, probably the three most popular heresies uh, that show up uh, are this. 
and they're all with regard to the Trinity. Most of the heresies that exist are in the realm of the doctrine of the Trinity. The first one uh, is this, it's called modalism. It's got a few other names. That's the easiest name to remember. And, and it's this, that, there is, uh, that God is one single person who manifests himself in three different ways at three different times. So they would say, oh, I believe in the Trinity. I believe that God is one and that I also believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that they're all God. And you would say, oh, awesome. Then, then clearly, clearly you have biblical faith. But how they explain that is very different than you and I. Here's how they would explain it. This is how it showed up. That, that God shows up in the Old Testament as the Father. He shows up in the gospel. He changes, like changes forms. He changes what they would say is the mode. So God is the, in the Old Testament is the Father. And then in the gospels, he's the Son. And they don't exist at the same time. He, he just, the Father just says, like a transformer, becomes the Son. And then after the son is crucified, dies and resurrected and then ascends back, he then comes back, guess what? You guessed it, he comes back. Now he transforms, transforms again and now he comes back as the Holy Spirit. But these three persons don't all exist at the same time. It's just one person changing form. And they can agree to everything in the Apostles' Creed, but, we, but you start hearing this and you say, hold on, hold on, this there's something wrong with this. So this heresy pops up and, uh, and there's still people who believe this today. There's a lot of people. In fact, there's a whole, um, there, uh, maybe you've heard of oneness Pentecostals or oneness Pentecostalism. It is this, and they, this is what they hold to. That God is one, one person, one being who just changes over time. All right. You and I, I hope, I hope you would hear that. And maybe you don't know everything, all the ins and out about the Trinity, but you would say, that is wrong. That doesn't seem right. That, I, I don't think I can explain everything as to why, but I know that's, when I read my Bible, it doesn't speak to that. Here's the next one. This guy, Arius, shows up and he comes on the scene and, and, and he starts talking specifically now about Jesus and the divinity of Jesus. And uh, he starts what's referred to as Arianism. And, and usually, here's how you'd know if it's a heresy. Like um, uh, if it's named after the guy who had the, the theology, that's like, okay, unless that name is Christianity, then it's probably like, you, okay, you're focusing too much on one person's theology. And so, um, uh, so Arianism shows up and uh, this guy named Arius, and what he says is, he believes in all of that, all the stuff in the Apostles' Creed, but he says, Jesus isn't fully God. He was actually created as the firstborn. The, the, he was the only begotten, but he was created by God. So he's lesser than God. He's not fully divine on part with God, but he still has some of the similar attributes. He's not eternal and not divine in and of himself, but he clearly has a special role in God's plan. God created him for a specific purpose. And, and so you would, you would read the Apostles' Creed and, and you'd, if you're Aries, you would say, I'd sign off on all that. Yeah, of course, all that, all that's true. But Jesus was created by God as his son. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just, you just took a left turn. And so Arius then has this, this big debate. And honestly, listen, throughout for, for a, a lot, for a many, many years, he was actually, like Arius was actually the dominant view. 
Arianism became the dominant view of Christianity, which was a problem. And then this guy, Athanasius, if you, if you study church history, uh, if you don't know any names, Athanasius is the name you should know. Athanasius is my hero of, of all the guys who, who, like, who helped uh, uh, direct our faith and our understanding of who God is. He is easily, easily the one who fought the most, who sacrificed the most. He was, uh, he was excommunicated. He was sent in exile a number of times and he never gave up. He never gave up his belief and his understanding in the Trinity. It was that big of a deal that he fought until, uh, literally until his death. And then eventually people start to realize, oh, Arius got this wrong. That guy we kicked out, like the guy that we sent away, he actually was right. So Athanasius fights against Arianus, uh, Arius, and here's what Arius said. This became this big debate, um, and, and the, this debate became, listen, this is, this is uh, I, I hope this is fascinating for me. Like, I nerd out over this stuff, but I, I, I love, personally, because I love, uh, this sounds weird to say, I love heresies. <laughs> I love looking and studying heresies and thinking like, how did you get to that? Or how did you believe that? If, some, if you guys showed up to me right now and be like, hey, have you heard of this heresy? This is a new one. I'd be like, oh, let's talk. I wanna hear about a new heresy that, is a, that isn't, isn't true biblical faith. And so this is crazy. They fight over, listen, ready? They fight theologically over one letter. This fight, that Arius and Athanasius have, it's over one Greek letter. So here's what they say. Here's the debate. The debate is between two words. The first word is homoousian, which is of the similar substance. And then the second word that they fought over um, is homoousian, which is the same substance. And there's one letter difference. Here it is, ready? In our English, it's I. That's the only difference between these two words, but it changes everything you believe about the, about the Trinity and about specifically about the, the Godhood of Jesus. That either he's a, of similar substance to God the Father or it's no, 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 that's not good enough. He is the same. He and, he and the Father are the same substance, the same, the, the same divinity. There's not a hierarchy or, or Jesus isn't somehow less than. And, and, and they fought over this one letter. And in Greek, this letter is an iota or iota. And we get this expression, you know this expression. You've said this expression, you don't know where it came from, but you've said it. And here it is, ready? It doesn't make one iota of a difference. It comes out of this debate where they'll be like, well, what does it matter? It doesn't make, it's just one iota. It doesn't make one iota of a difference. And Athanasius is like, I'm gonna die over that iota. That is, this is the most important letter we could ever fight over. Ooh, Athanasius was a stud. Athanasius is, was a man. Who, who fought for what he knew was true and, de- and died knowing what he, believed, what he understood to believe about, about the, the Godhood. And we stand on his shoulders today. There are, there, are, uh, there are other people who believe in Arianism today. This heresy of, of that Arius espoused. Um, one of them, and, and now listen, I, I, I say this 
respectfully, this isn't like, you know, a lot of people will get on a stage and mock other faiths or other religions. That's not this at all. I would gladly, willingly discuss and have this, this just chat with anyone of this faith. Um, but this is, this is the belief of Jehovah's Witnesses. Jesus isn't God. He was actually created by God. And that he, he like, when, when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about two different persons, two different beings, two different understandings of who Jesus is. And in Jehovah's Witnesses, um, th- that Jesus, Jesus is not God. They don't believe in the Trinity. They would look at Arius and say he was right. Whoa, we have a problem with that. Here's the next, the next uh, um, heresy specifically within the, within the Trinity, and that's this, tritheism. And you can probably guess what this is, right? So we believe in monotheism, one, de- one, one uh, we believe in one God. Tritheism then would be three gods, right? So the, the idea of, of this isn't like, well, there's one God and three persons. It's no, no, this is actually three different gods. That there's three different beings and all are God, but they're not the same. Tritheism believes that there are separate beings forming three separate gods. There's another faith that would hold to this. Actually, they would hold to many more than just three, but there are, they would say this, that there are three of this world, but then there are countless others of other worlds. And this faith is one that you know, you have friends that believe this, um, that, that, that are in this, maybe even family members. This is the belief of Mormonism. There isn't just one God. I've, I've, uh, I don't wanna get on too big of a tangent, talk about Mormonism, but my, my, uh, half of my family, my dad grew up Mormon, and so half of my family's Mormon, so I've had a lot of interaction, a lot of experience with Mormonism. I, I've talked to, I, I can't, I, I do, honestly, I can't even, I, I don't even know how many different Mormon, Mormon missionaries on their mission, um, you know, different, different elders who, who show up either at my door, they don't come to my house anymore as frequent as they used to, but... Um, but like I've had a number of conversations with them, or even on a plane. Like I, I, I used to, we used to live in uh, in Central California, in Fresno, California, and uh, and and it felt like there was a direct flight. Usually, like everywhere, anywhere we wanted to fly, there was a there was a a, a stop that always. And it seemed like every flight I was on, I t- I had to go to this place. It was Salt Lake City. Like every time I got on a plane, like, what do you know? There's a layover, there's a connection in Salt Lake City. And so I sat by, like almost every time I got on a plane, I'm like, 100%, uh, 98% sure this person's a Mormon. And as we start talking and be like, oh, so what, what you know, what, what are you going to, oh, I'm going back home to Salt Lake City. Um, um, I just got back from my mission. I'm like, called it. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> And we would then get into it and just be like, hey, so tell me this. And, and, not, and very respectfully and cordially, not like, a, you know, we're not like throwing punches. Um, that only happened once. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I never did that. But, but we would get into discussions and, and really good discussions. And, um, and, and I always struggled. I always struggled with, with, uh, with how they would explain faith. And I would call them out and they hated it. Oh man, they hated it. Because I would say, listen, I... It's, it, honestly, you're being a little disingenuous, aren't you? What do you mean? You say you believe in one God, but that's not true. I would ask them, so you, believe in, you guys believe in many gods? And they would say, no, of course not. Of course not. We believe in one God. And I would say this. I, I remember having uh, 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 lunch with two Mormon missionaries. And I said, okay, I, that, was a, that, was a, that was a lousy question. Let me, let me clarify. 
you believe in the existence of many different gods, yet you've placed your faith in only one of them. And they would do this. They would squirm. And, and I remember one guy, he'd go, well, we don't really like to talk about it a lot. And I, and I said, yeah, but you, listen, this is true, right? And not only that, you're hoping to one day become a god. Yeah, but we don't really, I mean, that's not something like if you show up, we don't really discuss it. I said, but do you, you believe that, right? That, that, that's your faith. Okay, I mean, but what about this? And then they would just switch the topics completely because like there's an understanding, yeah, we, we know this, we, we believe this, we believe that there are many gods that exist, but here's how we get around it, but we haven't placed our faith in it. We, we've placed our belief in one God. We believe in one God. Do you see the difference? Right? It's very technical. And so if, like, if you don't understand specifically like how heresies work and, 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 how, and how they can dilute actual true biblical faith, you can easily find yourself going down or, for, or getting into one of these, like, these understandings or worldview or theologies that we would say, ooh, that's not, oh, it's not right. That's not right. Even within Christianity, there are people who are like, man, you, this is just... You're just, re, you're just recycling an old heresy that was, that, that, that fight happened in 500 AD. That happened 1,500 years ago and you're re, you wrote a new book about it and now you're popular. But like, this isn't new. None of this is new. So here's what happened. These, these heresies creep up. So they say, you know what we need to get together? We need to write another creed. That's what we need. That's what will solve this. So they do, they get together and they, you can imagine um, there are a, a number of different guys who show up and they're all religious leaders and they're all leaders or pastors of churches and they show up to discuss and to say, all right, we need to, we need to weed out some of these heresies by having a creed we all agree on. And the, in 325, the Nicene Creed was adopted and here's what it says. You can, I mean, you can literally follow the heresies in the creeds, like if you just read the creeds, you can, you can like go backwards and deduce, oh, this must've been what they were discussing because it show, because they, th there's so much written about it. So this is the next creed that shows up. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things, visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ. Now that we've had issues with, about Jesus and, and who he is. So let's, let's nail down specific language about Jesus. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and here we go, ready? Begotten from the Father, only begotten, that is. And then they're like, from the substance of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten. He wasn't made. If you say he was made, then you're a heresy. And, and of one substance with the Father. This is the, the homoousian language. The like, it, Athanasius just, just beaming. He's, just, he's reading this going like, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of him. And, and of one substance with the Father through whom all things came into being, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, the, the, the creed continues, but that's like the language that shows up about Jesus. So it's, not, it's more than just, oh, I believe in Jesus, the Son of God. It's let's talk about him. So this squashes a lot of different heresies now about Jesus, the divinity of Jesus. But here's what, here's what they say about the Holy Spirit. Ready? Here it is, and in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Go to the next slide. No, the Holy Spirit. 
and they believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so literally all they write about the Holy Spirit is we believe in them. And then they move on, right? So what, take a guess. What heresies do you think sprout up next? Heresies about the Holy Spirit. Now, because you can say, oh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, but, but I can say whatever I want about him because there's nothing really definitive. And, and, and so these other heresies show up. Specifically, there's, uh, there's one that, one that, that pops up um, uh, and, and it specifically calls into question the, tr- the divinity of the Holy Spirit. It's called Macedonianism and it shows up and it denies the deity of the Holy Spirit and it's just, he's just a, another force. Uh, Arius believe the same thing and, and same with uh, a number of other religions now that have adopted that, that he's, he's just a created thing, a created person from God, but not God himself, not fully God. So what do you know? They get together and they say, we need to do another creed. This is just, this is, I mean... At this point, it's, it's becoming like almost just what we have to do, right? Every, every few decades, enough heresies pop up that we need to get together. So they get together again in, in 381 and in Constantinople and they add to the Nicene Creed. So it becomes the, the Nicene-Constantinople Creed. And it now it addresses some of the issues that come up with the Holy Spirit. And so they say this, we believe in the Holy Spirit, but that, that's where we left it, but we need to add more. And the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son who is worshiped and glorified together with the Father and Son and who spoke through the prophets. So the Holy Spirit now is worshiped and served and, and glorified just like the Father and the Son. He is on equal par. He too is homoousian, not homoousian. Okay, we got that? All right, good. That happened in 381. So 400 years of faith about have passed. And now we finally landed on, okay, we have a good understanding of who the Trinity is. It took some time. You can imagine. You can imagine the debates and the fiery back and forths. Now, we have, we have some great creeds. There's other creeds in the faith and, and they're really good. And, um, and honestly, if you, if, like it would profit you richly to just go read the creeds and just see like, I wanna see it throughout history. What have they said about my faith, about this faith that I, that I am wholeheartedly fully in? And, uh, but, but what does the scripture say? What do we see in scripture about the Holy Spirit? true biblical doctrine. Here's what we see. The Holy Spirit is described as God in the Bible. You can imagine too in these debates, they're quoting a lot of these scriptures that we're gonna look at. In Acts chapter five, we see that the Holy Spirit is, uh, is the, is, uh, what, what's done to the Holy Spirit is the same thing that's done to God. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has, filled, has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And you've kept some money, uh, some of the money you've received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? So they get into this debate over like, why did you lie to us about this money? What did you think? Uh, what, what made you think of doing such a thing? And then here's where it says, you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. So lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. All right, 
we see that then there's a number of passages in scripture. We'll look at just a couple of them because there's, there's, there's certainly others um, that mention all three persons of the Trinity in, in one, one or a couple verses close to each other. In 1 Peter, Peter writes this. He starts his letter by saying, to God's elect who have been chosen according, here it is, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. He mentions all three specific people and like, okay, so Peter's understanding was that all three of these have a role and they're all God. Second Corinthians, Paul writes this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We see that in the baptism of Jesus, all three show up, right? Remember when Jesus is baptized? Of course, Jesus is there because he's about to get dunked. <laughs> and the father speaks from heaven. They hear a voice and says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Like I listen to him. And then at that time, the Holy Spirit comes down and they say like, like a, almost like a dove. So the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. So all three show up in the same moment. This is hard to, uh, if you're a modalist, this is hard to explain away that all three are there. Well, it's just a quick, it's, have you seen those quick change acts like those magician things where they change your clothes real fast? That's what's going on. We're also told that, that uh, the end of Jesus' life, uh, right about right after he dies and rises again, and then he's about to ascend into heaven, he gives us how we're supposed to baptize people, right? The great commission, he tells us, now go therefore and make disciples, right? So go in all the nations, make disciples and teaching them everything I commanded you and ready for this. And he says this, and baptizing them, and here's how you baptize them, in the name of the Father and the Son. Oh yeah, and there's this third person, ready? The Holy Spirit. You, listen, this is what's crazy. They don't have the Holy Spirit yet. He hasn't fallen yet. Pentecost hasn't happened. So Jesus is preemptively telling them there's a third person coming. And when you baptize, you baptize in his name too, because he's coming. And they, they're kind of like, okay, who, like, what is he like? Is he gonna be like, is he like you? Is he gonna be taller than you? Shorter than you? Is he gonna be older than you? How? What it, what it, what they, they had no frame of reference, but we just know, okay, he's coming. Jesus makes specifically when you baptize, why we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because Jesus told us to. And he's a member of the Trinity. So there's been a number of ways to describe the Trinity, to, to kind of give a, here's what it should look like. Here's how you should understand it. And, um, and, and what, what we see throughout scripture is that the Holy Spirit is described how God is described and he does what only God can do. So the Holy Spirit, all right. And it's often referred to as an egg. The Trinity is an egg. Have you heard this illustration, right? It's great, okay? There's an egg. If you had an egg, right? It has an outer shell and it has a, the, the, uh, the white part and the yellow part. Those are the technical terms, the white part and the yellow part, Right? And, and so these three things, like these three parts make up, but this is one egg. It's a great illustration, right? It's heresy. It's wrong. If you, listen, the next time, the next time someone brings this up and says, Holy, the Holy Spirit and the, and the Father and the Son, it's like, it's like an egg. You say, oh, let me, let me see that egg. That's interesting. And you throw it at him as a heretic. <laughs> don't, don't really do that. That's a joke. Here's why it's heresy. 
Each three of those parts are only one part. They're not the entire egg, right? You can pull out the yolk and say, this is, this is an egg. No, it's not. It's just the yolk of an egg. It's a part of the egg. But like when we talk about the Trinity, we're saying they're all fully egg and yet three different eggs, but one egg. Do you see the difference? They aren't three parts of God. They're all fully God. If you say, if you have this, this, this idea of like, well, they're similar to each other in their substance. No, no, no. This is what we fought over. They're not, they're not of similar substance. So they're the same substance. Here's the closest I can come up with that I can get to, uh, like to help us understand, like being 100% yet three different things. And it's this. So I, I exist me, myself, I am a father. I have four kids and I'm 100% a father. I'm not like 25%, like, like 25%, like this part of me is a father. But I'm also, ready? I'm also a son. I also have a father. I'm 100% a father and I'm 100% a son, right? And I'm, I'm, but I'm one person. And I'm also, I'm also a married. I'm also a husband, so I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband, all three. And I'm 100% all of them. It's not like, you know, on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm a husband. And then on Wednesdays, maybe I'll be a good son. And then I'll try to be, no, 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 I'm all of those things. Now here's where that breaks down. I can't be three different persons though. I can't like separate the husband part of me and the son part of me and the, and the father part of me. But what we see in God is that, that they are, like they're separate, but they're the same. It, this is why it's so complicated and so hard because it's, it's so complex, but also ready for this. I remember having a conversation with, uh, with, with actually my dad about this because he grew up Mormon. And, uh, and so he struggles with the Trinity because they were taught that they aren't, that, that there isn't one God, that there are three different beings. And, and he said, how... Brandon, how can I, how can I be a Christian if I can't even, I can't even understand the Trinity? And I said, I remember, I remember distinctly sitting at the, at our, at our breakfast counter, and I said, Dad, you literally picked the most complicated, hard to understand aspect of our faith, and said, Well, if I can't understand that, then I can't understand anything. And I said, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually so thankful that I can't fully understand the Trinity. Because if I could, I would be on, like, I could figure out God, like my little brain, my, this, this thing that's in here. Could, you know what, guys? I'm actually, I'm actually as smart as God. I figured him out. I figured it all out. That's not a God worth following that we could say, I know everything about it. There's no mystery. There's no unknown. There's no bigger than me. I've got it all figured out. I say, dad, if I could figure it honestly, like I, I love the fact that God is so much bigger than my ability to even understand him, that he, he is a God worth following. So, so for you, like don't ever feel like you have to know everything. To know everything means that somehow you've like, you've like graduated beyond the mysteries of God. How is that even possible? So we see this, the Holy Spirit is God, but the Holy Spirit was also sent for my benefit. From the beginning, God planned to send his Holy Spirit to his people. This was the plan even before Jesus stepped foot on earth. 
that God had this plan. And I won't, we have a bunch of scriptures here, but I'll, I'll go through them briefly. In Joel, Old Testament, before Jesus even shows up, God is talking about the Holy Spirit. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then when the Holy Spirit shows up, what do you know? They realize, hey, this is Joel coming true. In John, Jesus says this, John 16, but very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus talks about this. Maybe you've heard this word too. It's kind of a strange word. It's a Greek word, the paraclete. It means the advocate or the counselor. So often the Holy Spirit is referred to as the advocate or the counselor. Or sometimes like if you're reading about the Holy Spirit, that that word will show up, paraclete. And this is like, what does that mean? It just literally, it's a Greek word. It literally means the advocate. It's the word Jesus used. So the Holy Spirit is gonna show up once Jesus leaves. He's like, listen, it's good that I go because he's coming. So here's what we could say. If you get nothing else out of this this morning, as we just, we're, we're just week one. We got two more weeks of this. If you get nothing else out of this, I want you to hear this. If I limit the Holy Spirit in my life, if I limit the Holy Spirit, ready? I limit my faith. If you limit the Holy Spirit's work and power in your life, you are limiting your Faith. There's only so far you can go. There's only so far you can grow. Now, the Holy Spirit is that important to us. We're going to look at the next few weeks as to, as to what he does and why he's so essential and, and how, it looks, how it should look in our lives now today, 2,000 years later after he came. But listen, if you limit the Holy Spirit, you limit your faith. And we could say the same thing. The opposite is true. That if I am what the Bible calls filled with the Spirit... If I am filled with the Holy Spirit, then I actually, I empower my faith. It's like faith on, on, like, on like steroids. It's like, like, but like good steroids, like good. It's, it's faith that's all of a sudden it's on fire. And it's what we see in the book of Acts. It's what we see in, like when, when the Holy Spirit shows up, that, that like the boldness of people changes. Now we're gonna talk like you, you Again, you've probably, like there's all kinds of, of different uh, like perspectives on who the Holy Spirit is and, and how do you get them and how do you know you have them and how do you, how, do you, how do you let them work in your life? How do you walk in the Spirit or live by the Spirit? And we're gonna talk about those things and, and, and there's all kinds of different ideas and it's one of the reasons why people avoid this topic is because it's like, okay, I've been to churches where it's like, okay, this is getting just kind of weird. And different, and we'll talk about those. And how do you like? How do you distinguish between like a good, healthy, biblical view of the Holy Spirit, and then views that are just that just seem? This doesn't seem. This seems like too much. Like just seems. This doesn't seem like how how the Bible describes what it should look like. We'll look at those, but but I don't want those experiences that some of us have probably had. Maybe even ones that we look back on as like negative. I don't want that for, to. to, to to get to a point for you where you just say, I just want to avoid it. I just want to avoid the Holy Spirit. If, if you've had experiences with the Holy Spirit, ready for this? There's some weird stuff you've gone through. 
There's some, it's, there's some, like when we talk about the Holy Spirit working in your life, like there are instances probably in your life where you would say like the Holy Spirit, I don't know, I, don't, I can't even explain this, but it, it's just, this just happened. Oh, and, and ready for this? It's not like scientific where you're like, I measured him in a lab and I found him. No, no, no. He's a very, he's a spiritual being. And, and, and so when he shows up, it's like, okay, I, I, it's even hard to explain something, but this is, let me just tell you my experience, what happened. And don't, don't limit your ability to experience the Holy Spirit because of a fear of being like, well, the, I don't want to be like, the, like those though, like the, like the, the ones who, who like overdo it. And it's just like the weird stuff. I don't want that. I get that. But listen, don't limit the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Instead, seek to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So I want to end with this. I want to ask two questions. First, do you, for you, can you hear the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you feel like you actually recognize the, the voice of the Spirit? We'll talk about this too. Where you would say like, I, I feel like the whole, I, I, yeah, there are times where I feel like the Holy Spirit's is speaking to me. Not like an audible voice, but like I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Or you would say, I don't even know what that means. Okay, all right, good. I'm glad you're here, good. Keep coming, <laughs> keep coming. The second is this, are you experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you experiencing in your faith a boldness and a power that's, that's supernatural, that's different maybe than what other people, how, like how they live or, or even in your life where there's a time of, man, I feel like I'm walking by the Spirit or man, I, I would describe my faith a lot of ways, but power of the Holy Spirit right now, I, I don't think that's it. In fact, that's probably, I'm, that's what I need. That's, that is, that's what I'm looking for is to walk by the power and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, again, good. You're in the right spot. Keep coming because we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit. So your homework this week is to do two things. And then we're gonna, we're gonna uh, worship together. Your homework is to do two things. So would you do this? Would you stand up? while I give you your homework assignment? Number one, your homework assignment this week is to begin, if you, are, if you aren't already doing this, to begin praying specifically to the Holy Spirit. When you pray, it's not just God or our Father or, or Jesus. Hold on, no, hold on, listen, ready? All right, Holy Spirit, I'm, I wanna, I'm speaking to you this week. So when you pray, and if you aren't praying, listen, this is a great opportunity to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back into praying. I'm gonna start praying. Pray specifically to the Holy Spirit. Even if you don't know what to pray, whatever you're gonna pray about, just start talking and training and understanding yourself like, I'm gonna start talking specifically to the Holy Spirit. I don't wanna neglect him anymore. I wanna speak to him. I wanna pray to him. And number two is, if you take this seriously, to read Romans chapter eight, one through 17. It's, it's, Paul writes about life in the spirit and what it should look like. So read Romans chapter eight, one to 17. You read it every day. If you're, if you're into Bible reading and you have a specific time where you do it, just add this to it. Romans chapter eight, just read it five times. Ready? I'll give you the weekends off. You don't have to start till tomorrow. All right, great. Monday through Friday, read Romans chapter eight. It's just to, just again, to just, just, to allow yourself to get involved in your understanding and your experience of the Holy Spirit. 
Would you do this? Would you pray with me? And then we're gonna worship together. So Lord, we thank you for your word. And we, we do pray and speak to you, Holy Spirit, that you would move in our lives, that this is not just some intellectual experience where we walk away saying, my theology is now better. What we want, what we want is transformation. Holy Spirit, move in our lives. Come and work in our midst and change us to become more like Jesus. But Holy Spirit, we need you. So will you be with us now as we worship you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.